Hello, this is Joel Flair. Welcome to the Joel Flair Show, your monthly music podcast. Oh, Joel, considering today's artist and our little show hiatus, I kind of expected a different opening from you this month. Oh, fine, Kit. Guess who's back? Back again. Joel Flair's back. Tell a friend. Is that better? <laughs> that is exactly what I needed to hear, Joel. I'm glad you're back. Well, me too. I hated missing February's show, but as you know, Kit, I had COVID for a week, then you had COVID for a week, and then I was up in Arizona for a while. Anyway, I'm happy to be back with all of you. Today, Kit and I are taking a look at Marshall Bruce Mathers III. February was a big month for him, with a Super Bowl performance and a nomination for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is prolific and probably could have been a two-part episode, but hopefully we can do him justice in one show. Although he's known as a controversial rap megastar, he should be known as an influential lyricist. This month's featured artist is Eminem. Eminem was born Marshall Bruce Mathers III in 1972 to a teenage mother, Debbie. Hoping to escape a troubled and dangerous home life in Missouri, Debbie moved to North Dakota with Marshall's dad, Bruce. Unfortunately, that relationship was also abusive, and Debbie returned to Missouri before Marshall turned to. His father abandoned him, never seeing his son again. In fact, as a teen, Marshall would send letters to his dad, but all the letters were marked Return to Sender. In a 60 minutes interview, nearly 40 years after the abandonment, Marshall said, No money, no nothing. I'd find my kids. There's no excuse. Marshall's childhood was challenging. In interviews and in his music, he accused his mother of using drugs and abusing him. His mom denies this, but the instability in his childhood can't be denied. Marshall and his mom moved regularly back and forth between Michigan and Missouri, leading him to change schools every few months and essentially always be the new kid, the outsider. I watched two documentaries on YouTube, The Story of Eminem and Eminem Behind the Lyrics. And I felt so sad for little Marshall. It was clear he came from generations of abuse and substance issues. He sounded both controlled by his mom and neglected by her. Either way, it didn't sound like a very safe or supportive environment for a child. Life outside his house wasn't safe for supporter either, Kit. Marshall was a small, introverted, white artist living in a mostly black neighborhood in Detroit. He recalls being bullied and assaulted regularly. His song Brain Damage actually recounts an attack by one of his elementary school bullies. Accounts of the attack vary, but basically Marshall was beaten by a bully and left unconscious. 
Marsha was bleeding from the ears and, according to his mom, had a cerebral hemorrhage and was left in a coma. A lawsuit she later brought against the school board listed a cerebral concussion and intermittent loss of hearing and vision. Marshall's young, formative life was filled with rejection, abandonment, poverty, and dysfunction. Marshall, who described himself as timid, was a creative child. He hoped to be a comic book writer and spent a lot of time alone drawing. His uncle, Ronnie, who was actually the same age as Marshall, introduced him to rap via the break-in soundtrack, specifically the song Reckless by Ice-T. Marshall's creative pursuits turned towards breakdancing and writing raps. Marshall and his friend Proop actually practiced scratching records for hours in the basement and putting out their own tapes. But how did Marshall get from a teenager in his mom's basement to a worldwide star performing at the Super Bowl? Pop and hip-hop music are full of manufactured stars, but Eminem is the real deal. It took serious dedication with this craft in order to move from the basement to the top of the billboard charts. In addition to scratching records and putting up tapes, Marshall used to sneak into a neighboring high school at lunchtime to rap in freestyle battle. Although he was killing it in battles, he wasn't killing it academically. Facing the third year of ninth grade, Marshall dropped out and decided to pursue hip-hop music. In the 60 Minutes interview with Anderson Cooper, Eminem mentioned that no matter how bad his grades were, he always did well in English class. Sometimes people get distracted by the vulgarity or the offensive imagery in his lyrics, and they fail to see he really has a handle on language and rhymes. His love of rhymes is actually fascinating, kid. He used to read the dictionary to learn new words. He could make a list of words that rhyme and then list other words that rhymed with those. People remember Marshall writing lists of rhyming words and lyric ideas on any piece of paper he could find on notepads, on order slips at work, and even on his hand. His rhymes are often unexpected and entertaining. In that same 60 Minutes interview, he showed Anderson Cooper how to make a rhyme with the word orange, because basically we always hear nothing rhymes with orange. He said to make it work you have to bend words, and in the case of orange, he made it a two-syllable word, like orange, and he said orange, four inch, door hinge, and storage, and ate porridge with George. He has an interesting way of playing with words when he creates rhymes. And that interesting wordplay helped M make it in a genre where he was an outsider. Much like his home in Detroit, Eminem was the only white rapper showing up in venues populated by black rappers. He went to open mics, freestyle events, and rap battles sometimes battling in alleyways between clubs. After years of being bullied or ignored, these performances were his opportunity to get a little respect. M said others might have better clothes or better women, but he finally found something where he was better than them. 
Instead of Shiloh and Marshall getting attacked at recess, he was Eminem standing on a stage in front of a crowd, dissing others with his improvised lyrics. Speaking of battles and disses, there was a time when teenage Eminem went to a record signing at a local store and actually challenged the featured artist to a rap battle. That artist turned him down and said if Eminem got better at enunciating, he could make it big. The musician was Kid Rock. That doesn't surprise me, Kit. Eminem was hungry for success and quite a networker. He contacted magazines to submit tapes, called into local radio stations to rap live, and even invited customers from the lounge where he worked to come watch him perform. In 1996, Eminem released his debut album, Infinite. He was working minimum wage as a cook and dishwasher. He lived in a high crime area and now had a baby girl, Haley. Em hoped that the infinite record would help make it big. Despite complex rhymes, its sales were poor and this flop led him to a suicide attempt. While Eminem could rap, his style wasn't distinctive enough to get people's attention. But that would soon change. According to Eminem, everything changed one day when he was sitting on the toilet. Yep, you heard me right. Eminem came up with his famously offensive, angry, and vindictive persona Slim Shady while sitting on the toilet. Where Marshall was shy and humble, Slim Shady was vulgar and violent. In 1997, Eminem released his Slim Shady EP. His debut album had lacked a distinctive style, but this EP was crafted with a bitter and vindictive feel. This Slim Shady alter ego helped rocket Eminem to incredible success. Wendy Day, a mentor and consultant for hip-hop artists, put Eminem on a team for the Rap Olympics that were being held in L.A. in 1997. At the Rap Olympics, an Interscope Records intern felt like Eminem could be a star. This intern gave one of his tapes to record executive Jimmy Iovine, who then played it for Dr. Dre. Dre recalled, quote, In my entire career in the music industry, I have never found anything from a demo tape or a CD. When Jimmy played this, I said, find him now, end quote. Which is so wild. I can see why people think Eminem was an overnight success. They see him show up at one rap battle in L.A., get signed by Dre, and then blow up. But really, he'd been rapping in clubs for years trying to make it. As for Eminem's response to Dre... He said, I don't want to be starstruck. I'm just a little white boy from Detroit. I had never seen stars, let alone Dr. Dre. Within the first few minutes in the studio, Dre pulled out a sample on the drum machine, and within seconds, Eminem was rapping along with, Hi, my name is... My name is... Which would become the lead single off the 1999 Slim Shady LP, an incredibly successful album that debuted at number three and went on to sell millions of copies, win two Grammys, and four MTV 
Video Music Awards. That LP has been certified quadruple platinum. The music on this album was very controversial. Songs on the album were inspired by his life, blended with dark humor and obvious hyperbole. On 97 Bonnie and Clyde, Eminem raps about murdering his wife and even brought his daughter Haley in the studio in order to use her on the song. This album quickly got him labeled as a misogynist and nihilist. In the lead single My Name Is, he said, God sent me to piss the world off. And he sure did. <laughs> he also upset people from his past, specifically his mom and his school bully, who both sued him. In 1999, his mom sued him for $10 million, claiming slander. Litigation concluded in 2001, resulting in her being awarded $25,000. After fees, she took home $1,600 for damages. D'Angelo Bailey, a sanitation worker and also Young Marshall's violent bully, sued Eminem for $1 million over the song Brain Damage on this Slim Shady LP. Lyrics included... I was harassed daily by this fat kid named D'Angelo Bailey, an eighth grader who acted obnoxious because his father boxes. So every day he shoved me in the lockers. One day he came in the bathroom while I was pissing and had me in the position to beat me into submission. He banged my head against the urinal till he broke my nose, soaked my clothes in blood, grabbed me, and choked my throat. Bailey did admit to bullying Eminem in school, but the lawsuit was dismissed by Judge Deborah Servito, who said the lyrics were clearly an exaggeration. I personally love the part of her opinion, which she wrote in rhyming verse. She said, Bailey thinks he's entitled to some monetary gain because Eminem used his name in vain. The lyrics are stories no one would take as fact. They're an exaggeration of a childish act. Eminem's music upset parents, his family, celebrities, and more, but it also connected with people worldwide. In 2000, Eminem followed up the Slim Shady LP with the Marshall Mathers LP, which became both the fastest selling rap album and solo album in history. This album included the hits Stan and The Real Slim Shady. It sold more than 20 million copies worldwide and was certified diamond. The Marshall Mathers LP continued with the dark humor, taking hits at both his mom and his now ex-wife Kim. There are also parts of his early albums that are vulnerable, although they do get overlooked, including the song Rock Bottom on the Slim Shady LP, where he shares frustrations about living in poverty and struggling. He describes challenging living situations and his own desperation. There was a lot of complaining about the shocking content on his albums, and there is plenty of that. But I think that the shock combined with his vulnerability allowed him to reach an audience that might not have been connecting with rap before Slim Shady came along. Eminem on his albums was different from Marshall in real life. In response to being called a homophobic misogynist, by the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, Eminem performed his hit Stan with openly gay musician Elton John at the Grammys in 2001. GLAAD condemned the performance. Eminem insisted that the words upsetting glad were common in the rap battles he grew up with and that he doesn't have problems with anyone a stance he reaffirmed in his 60 Minutes interview 
with Anderson Cooper. Three short years after battling at the Rap Olympics, Eminem was a global superstar with two chart-topping albums. But could he keep up the momentum? Eminem didn't slow down. He founded Shady Records in 1999, signing D12, 50 Cent, and Obi Trice. 2002 brought The Eminem Show, the best-selling album of the year, featuring the song Without Me. He made his acting debut in the film 8 Mile, and won an Academy Award for the song Lose Yourself, featured in the film. 2004's Encore and 2005's Curtain Call, the hits, sold well, but led to speculation that Eminem was retiring from rap. On a radio show, Eminem said he didn't know where his career was heading. A 2005 hiatus from music led people to question if Eminem had a drug addiction. This was verified in 2007 when Eminem overdosed. According to him, his organs began to fail and he was within hours of death. With mentoring from Elton John, Eminem became sober in 2008. In 2009, he released Relapse his first new material in five years. Reviews said its attempts to shock Rover Dunn and Eminem's pop culture references were now dated. However, his song Crack a Bottle and the album both won Grammys. Eminem followed up with Recovery in 2009. This album addressed the death of his best friend, Proof, and included the hits Not Afraid and Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna. Personally, I think the hits on Recovery had more of a poppy vibe to them. Yeah, certainly didn't have the slim shady sound of before. I wonder if the death of Proof almost made him sound a bit more introspective. Yeah, and sobriety. You know, it's definitely a change of how you view life. A tough life. (laughs) They'll do it to you. BET called Eminem the number one rapper of the 21st century. Guys, it's 2022. They're jumping on fast. 2013's Marshall Mathers LP 2 also featured Rihanna on the song Monster, as well as one of my favorites, Rap God. It won Best Album at the Grammys. This album also included the song Headlights an apology written to his mom. Eminem's apologies continued on the release of Revival in 2017 with his song Bad Husband. He went on to release Kamikaze in 2018 and Music to be Murdered by in 2020. With estimated sales over 220 million albums worldwide, Eminem is a storyteller for a generation. He has connected with a wide audience, popularizing rap in new areas of both the U.S. and the world. His dedication and undeniable lyrical skill 
are often credited with paving the way for other white rappers. Billboard named him Artist of the Decade, 2000-2009. He has won 15 Grammys, 8 American Music Awards, 17 Billboard Music Awards, and an Academy Award. Eminem was the first artist to have 10 of his albums consecutively debut at number one on the Billboard 200, and he is also the top certified singles artist in the history of RIAA's Gold and Platinum program. Stephen Hill, former vice president of BET, Black Entertainment Television, said in 2002, quote, Eminem is better than the best. In his own way, he is the best lyricist, alliterator, and enunciator out there in hip-hop music. In terms of rapping about the pain that other disenfranchised people feel, there is no one better at their game than Eminem. Stats would back up that claim. Eminem is a massive rap talent and continues to influence today's stars, including Jack Harlow, who calls M his idol. Be sure to check out the Eminem playlist after the show. Needless to say, it is explicit, vulgar, and offensive. Enjoy! If you would like it tamed down a bit, I also have a second Eminem playlist with cleaner versions of his popular songs. Well, that's it for today's show. Kit and I will be back in a few days with the Grammy special. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel Flair. This is the Joel Flair Show. Bye! Windy day. <laughs> yeah, windy day. Wendy day. <laughs> windy day. Your friend's stormy night. Get a drink. Get it together. He gave one of Eminem's tapes to record executive Jimmy Levine. Hmm. I should make sure that's how you say his name. How you? I'm not sure. How you say his name? I feel like I should know this. Here we go. Let's see if this is. Jimmy Iovine. No wonder it didn't sound right. This in turn gave one of Eminem's tapes to record executive Jimmy Iovine. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Eminem insisted that the words upsetting glad were common in the rap battles he grew up with and that he doesn't have problems with anyone. A stance he reaffirmed in his 60 Minutes interview with Eddie. Whoops, I was doing so well. <laughs> Dang it. You're doing really well, yeah. Dre recalled, quote, In my entire career in the music hit... This podcast is an Elf Pie production.